Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, joined again today, finally, after so many so many weeks without him, joined again with my co-host, Father David Tickerhoof, and we are excited to talk to you about Lent. Oh, Hi, yes. Father David. <laughs> welcome back. It's been a while, huh? It sure has been a while. A lot of uh, a lot of miles and a lot of other things going <laughs> a lot on. Lot of miles. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, I I am just I'm so happy to talk about Lent. I I might be um, in the minority on this, but I love Lent. I just think um, I just think it's such a beautiful, positive time in the church year, and mm-hmm. so. I'm sitting here with a silly grin on my face, just so happy to talk about this. <laughs> so, um, well, why don't you lay out the the uh, the what most people are wondering? What do I got to? Ha- what does the church want me to do for Lent? Yeah. So, so the have tos. Yeah, let's get the have tos out of the way so we can get to the to the good stuff, right? Okay. So, this is from the website for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and it says that the requirements are. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are obligatory days of fasting and abstinence for Catholics. In addition, Fridays during Lent are obligatory days of abstinence. So that means no meat. Yeah. For members of the Latin Catholic Church, the norms on fasting are obligatory from, that means we have to, from age 18 until age 39. When fasting, a person is, I'm sorry, 59. 59. That's right. When fasting, a person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. The norms concerning abstaining from meat are binding upon members of the church from age 14 onwards. So, so those are the have-tos. So, so it. it's, it's really just um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday that are days of fasting where it's one right, right. one large meal and two meals, the smaller meals that don't equal a large meal mm-hmm. and then no meat on Ash Wednesday and the Fridays during and, Lent. Yeah, and people are, are encouraged on Fridays of Lent to do something special, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what I, what I want to like get, get into, at huh? and look at it yeah. as, as something, um, something special, right? Something special. Yeah. So Lent is special. Lent is special. I I love Lent. I I know you were saying just before we started recording that Lent means springtime, and that's always something I've been profoundly aware of because my mother's maiden name is Lenz. It's German. It's Lenz, really? and which means springtime. Yeah. So it's just yeah, another springtime. Yeah. So I so Lent. I always think spring, new life. You know, at least by the time we get to the end of it, hopefully the crocuses and daffodils are popping up if we're in the colder regions of the country for people in warmer regions they already have you know kind of flowering 
things and buds and all kind of blossoming going on, but, but we're beginning to get there when we're in the colder places. So it's just this outward manifestation of this beautiful interior work, you know, that's going on within us during this time. So, so I know the church, I know what we usually hear about during Lent is the kind of the three pillars, right? Of prayer, fasting, right. and almsgiving. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe we can chat about that a little bit. Sure. Because so, see, here's, here's what I think, you know, from, from talking to other people who usually think that I'm crazy when I say that Lent's one of my favorite seasons, it seems like people usually look at Lent as a time of, um, of deprivation and a time of giving up and a time, kind of a sad time, a time of going without. And, and I usually, I, I look at Lent as like a, a happy time of like drilling down into what really matters and fundamentally into like for love, you know, for me, it's all about, it's all about love. It's, you know, blessed John Dunn Scotus and that Jesus came to manifest the father's love for us. So it's, it's always about love. So that's, that's the lens that I look at it through. And I'm, um, I just, I want to share that with people because I want them to have a happier experience of Lent instead of one of what do I not get to have? And I can't have chocolate and I can't have <laughs> soda and I can't have beer and I can't, you know, whatever they decide yeah. to give up. Or I'll go from regular chocolate to dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dark chocolate's good. So yeah. So if we, I, you know, I think there's a way we can look at prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in, in that, in light of that, right. In light of mm-hmm. it, um, being more of an experience of, um, of, of love instead of, of deprivation and more, um, an experience of, you know, maybe we can find a way to approach Lent more from a perspective of removing distractions for the, but not just removing distractions, remembering it's for the sake of being, letting our hearts be attracted to the Lord. Right. You know? So, so I don't know. So I just, maybe we can, you know, think about some, some different times. That's what I'd encourage for, for listeners, right? When you're thinking about prayer, I think a lot of times we can um, kind of tend to think of that maybe in a, in a way that's dry. Okay. I have to go sit still and sitting still is difficult. And, but prayer really just means talking to the Lord. Right. right. And, mm-hmm. and that's an okay thing. Even if, you know, if we, if we go for a walk, maybe going for a walk out outside and alone and to take time alone with the Lord is, is some, a way that can, can bring a new freshness to prayer or, um, finding some, finding some new way of, of praying some new way of, you know, whether it's a spiritual book that really kind of opens your heart up more deeply to, to the Lord's grace or, um, or maybe it's, um, sitting and, and listening instead of doing so much of the talking, you know? So, so maybe we can look at prayer from ways where it's not, um, it doesn't feel like this daunting dry task, but it Mm -hmm. feels like time of being with someone we love and someone who loves us more than we could possibly imagine. That's right. Absolutely. You know, and sometimes when we, we use the word prayer, what happens is people, uh, right away, start to think devotions, and they'll say rosaries or chaplets, uh, mercy chaplets or something. Those are wonderful, wonderful prayers. But that's 
not the focus. Lent, Lent is not so much saying prayers as it is being a prayerful person by the movement of the grace of merciful love from the Holy Spirit. So God's already taken a wonderful initiative in every person and every heart of every person. And so when we kind of, it's like when a flower opens to the sun in springtime, Lent yeah. to springtime, yeah. when that flower opens to the sun, the rays of the sun penetrate to the deepest, deepest depths of the flower. So the gift of prayer is enhanced when we open to the Lord's grace and his love and mercy. And then what happens is we just move into prayer. It's not this hard work, even though some would say it's, it certainly is hard work. But what happens is the initiative of the Lord buoys us up and we feel that presence of God inside us. And as soon as we turn, then the lights start to go on and the and the, the graces of the Lord start working. Sometimes those graces in prayer lead us to repentance for things that we've mistakes that we've made. Other times and the it gets right to the key of that prayer for men and women. What is that? That's intimacy. Personal <clears throat> intimacy. Absolutely. Why don't you talk about that? Absolutely. Well, I want to go back to the, all, you know, all this under this, you know, the heading of prayer, but just what you were saying recently, just now about, um, about repentance and, you know, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a difficult home and a harsh home and, and apologizing for something that you, that you'd done wrong was like, it was scary. Like you didn't want to do that because if you admitted any fault, like, anything you said could and would be used against you sort of thing. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah. And so, um, but I had an experience recently of realizing that there was an area that I needed to repent for. And, um, and it was such a contrast to me of, um, you know, I think a lot of times when we grow up in abusive homes and abusive environments, it can be like, uh, it's almost like, like repenting is scary. So, the idea of confession is scary. The idea of conversion is scary. It goes from, you know, you're bad. That's where it starts, right? It starts with you're bad and God wants, that's the, you know, the mistaken notion. And so, and God wants you to, you know, God's mad at you about it. And so you better say you're sorry because he's mad and he's sitting there with his arms folded. And, and it was such a different experience for me. It was such, um, repenting in this area was so life-giving. It was so much more, I was so much more able to see it from the perspective of, um, of bringing an area, um, back under the Lord's jurisdiction so that it could be under his protection and under his provision. And it was like, I had gone, a, you know, gone off out from under the Lord in this little area, kind of like the, you know, picture of the little prodigal son, like, leaving the, leaving the ranch and, um, and the Lord waiting. And then when I brought it back to him, you know, came back, it was like bringing that area back to him. And it was like, I had decided to settle for more in that area or so I'm sorry, settle for less in that area than what God had for me. And that was like his rejoicing at me coming back, you know? And so, so, you know, so I just share that because Lent is of course a time of, of, you know, we, 
you wear the purple at, at mass and it's a time of, it's a penitential season, right? So there is that notion of repentance and, um, but, but I just share that because repentance, seeing that instead, like as that is springtime, right? That is like, there's yeah. new life. There's, there's areas that were dead that can now be brought to life. I, absolutely. I think, I think repentance is, should not be looked at as a negative thing, but with the grace of repentance comes that infusion of the gentle mercy and wisdom and light and understanding. And the heart, you know, starts to flutter with joy when real repentance takes place because there's a transformation, a change into a deeper relationship <clears throat> and all of a sudden, the, the way in which we may have wandered off or we've done something that is really uh, displeasing to him, it just kind of melts away. Yeah. And yeah. What, what happens is that closeness of the Lord that we're chosen and special to him emerges in our mind. And our mind is the control center of our personality. And when that touches the mind, then it, it's, it sort of moves gently into every area of our life. And that's where we, we get a sense of this being chosen and called, you know, where we know mm -hmm. we're called, but chosen and known. And then there's a bonding or a union that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Union. It's all, it's, it's, it's pulling out the, um, you know, the dead plant that's kind of grown up. If we keep with that springtime analogy, right. It's pulling out the, mm -hmm the muck of the plant that from last year that, that kind of died and like, let's clear it out. So this new flower has room to like kind of burst yeah. through the earth, right? Through the soil yeah. and like, and grow. So when you get a new plant, you do a little bit of pruning. Mm -hmm. And so you, you kind of pull off the dead stuff. Right. So that the new stuff, the fresh right. stuff could emerge. Right. Beautiful. Right. And I think that's the, we can, we, I think so fo often focus on pulling off the dead stuff. Like the dead stuff is bad. Get rid of the dead stuff. But it's the why that's so important. And it's so the new life can come, right? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so that then the goal, the goal is always a deeper union. And with the union goes communion and communication and conversation. That's prayer. Right. Right. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So then we, what about when we think about fasting, you know, I, I, I think along the same lines with fasting, right. It's like, it doesn't just have to be chocolate or pizza or beer or, you know, whatever person decides mm -hmm. to give up or, or the, you know, the requirements of the church, like we started with, but, but, you know, it was, I, I guess I'm maybe a, I'll share what, where I'm coming from with this. It was, um, it's something that, you know, that we, that we know. And, uh, but the, the homily I heard on Sunday when I went to mass that I loved it, the the priest was preaching about universal call to holiness, that we're all called to be holy. It's not just for priests yeah. or for religious, right? That's why the yeah. Lord brought each one of us into the world was for union with himself. And so he, he talked about that and like that, that's the why of Lent. Like that's, that's the driving force is like, is what is getting in the way of me becoming holy. Right. And so like right. eliminating those distractions or, or steering the car back onto that 
that, you know, the road of holiness instead of off the, like whatever side journeys we can get taken up with. And, and, and when that, when we take that direction and what happens is changes start to take place in our relationship. And, uh, uh, then we start to see things where grace is working ahead of our thinking and leads us and guides us to those areas of change that are going to be meaningful. And as we make those and we give an affirmation or a yes to those, there's a certain inner integrity that takes place and there's an advancement and a moving forward and a deepening of our personal relationship with the Lord. And that's going to touch on union. And what union is about is love. And when we look at our brothers and sisters from that love, it becomes compassion. Yeah, yeah. So when fasting then isn't just about giving up meat on the prescribed days. and. Um, and, or that would be abstaining or, you know, eating, you know, not overeating, eating within the limits that are set out for us, um, or giving up candy or whatever particular thing. But I think, I think it's, you know, if we look at it as fasting from, you know, kind of the big pictures, I'm, I'm called to holiness. Okay. What's keeping me from a life of holiness? Are there distractions? Are there things that, that are competing for, the, my, you know, the attraction of my heart to the Lord, um, are there things that are competing for my attention, you know, so maybe it's social media, maybe it's being on my phone so much, or maybe it's television or movies or, or whatever the case might be mm -hmm. that we go, it's not just giving those things up, but letting our hearts be attracted to yes. the Lord, right. Getting rid of the distractions so we can be yeah. attracted, right. Yeah. And and that attraction, part of that attraction just isn't a good feeling. I mean, death is death. And yeah. part of the Lenten discipline is is dying to the areas of darkness and the areas of non-fruitfulness. And uh, so there's a death there. So there's, a, uh, you know, the cross is the center of all this. The beautiful death and resurrection, the paschal mystery of Jesus under the anointing of the Holy Spirit is at the heart of Lent. And in the work of the human personality, there is a death. You know, when we look down and we can't see our shoes because it, our belly gets in the way. Well, then, you know, there, there needs some attention here and there needs some <laughs> renunciation. So renunciation is not a bad thing. And J uh, Jesus went through many deaths before he and, and uh, was raised up on the cross and brought us new life. And so we shouldn't... Uh, put a uh, an imbalance into Lent by not wanting to look at the suffering or the fasting or it's a, it's a good thing to do some de depriving ourselves of uh, the consolations of life or the excesses of life. I like to say excess, you know, mm -hmm. start with getting rid of the excess and there's plenty of excess in our life. And then when we uh, uh, go against that, in order to experience the transforming love of the Lord, sure, there's a death. That that, that that's what we're about. We're about the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. You know. So maybe that's maybe that can help give focus to us as we enter Lent. Is not just um, okay. Lent. 
right? But where are we heading? We're heading to Holy Week. We're heading to the cross, right? Yeah. And and not just Jesus' cross, which we tend to focus on during Lent from all the, you know, right. the reading, but but our own, like our own death and resurrection in him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I I was just doing some writing yesterday and and was writing about concepts of atonement a little bit. And it's something you and I talked about a great deal. And so it's that it's if it's not just getting through these 40 days, but it's where we're heading is to Calvary to be at one with the Lord. And so so we're emptying our hands so that we can embrace the cross and be one with him in the death, but, but also in the resurrection. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of like being unencumbered, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and how do you connect the death up? Well, it's, well, the, the, the death becomes positive. Right. It becomes a positive thing that happens in us because it's a transformation into something new. And then, and when when grace is working, and we 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 in a sense set aside those uh, the my hand reaching in the the bowl to get the chocolates out, the dark chocolates, of course. <laughs> hey, dark chocolate is good. You don't pick on dark chocolate with me. Yeah, but <laughs> so, but then then what happens is there's a, the connection is there. There's a connection, a life giving connection, and so those deaths in the very act of the death becomes the life. Why? Because the power, the glory, and the wisdom of the cross is the operational union unit in our intimacy and growth and transformation in the Lenten season to, to new life. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of continuing the, and uh, you know, as we keep mentioning that Lent is springtime and that's, you know, even in scripture, unless the grain of Wheat falls to the ground and dies. It doesn't bear any fruit. And that's exactly what, what needs to happen, right? That's what happens in that process mm-hmm. of death is the seed falls to the ground, dies. And then, then here's this new life and here's all this fruitfulness. And here's mm-hmm. this like, you know, beauty and fruit. And, and it's a glorious, it's a glorious thing, even in this life and definitely big picture, you know, for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Can you when say I a, think of yeah. uh, heaven, when I think of heaven, the, the transformed life, I think of living the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's heaven. Yeah. And that, and that heaven begins on earth. Yes. And as we go through the transformation, more and more of heaven enters into the earthly realm of our practical life. And for example, we where we might have been a little selfish here or there, we find a new freedom, freedom, freedom to move in love towards our brothers and sisters, or even our deepening in our love of God. Yeah, that's, yeah, I love that. So the the third part, almsgiving, can you say a little bit about almsgiving? Well, that's, <clears throat> I think I just start off with the practical idea of almsgiving excuse me is mercy it's mercy almsgiving mm-hmm. so we're not we're not just wishing something internally or working internally it expresses itself practically in something that we do so we give of our funds or we give of our time 
or we give of uh, doing things for others that we might find distasteful or hard or difficult, or just even t taking time each day to spend a little bit of time with the Lord, even if it's only 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, you know, that's all there's, when you have prayer and fasting and almsgiving, they're connected. Even though you're emphasizing one dimension, they're all working at the same time because grace is doing its work of transformation, which is love. God's love comes to us through mercy. And when we extend that almsgiving of our resources, of person, relationship, or goods, then almsgiving becomes a source of grace and transformation. I love that. So it's all about emptying ourselves right yeah. whether it's through almsgiving or fasting and then being filled more with the lord in prayer right, right? so right. it makes me think of like um the scripture from philippians though he was in the form of god jesus did not deem equality with god something to be grasped but he emptied himself right so it's yep. if jesus ne of... needed to empty himself i'm I'm sure we could all stand to do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 the scripture that just I just delight in, it's one of my favorites, is the Good Samaritan. Mm. I mean, not only did he do what was humanly decent to do, but he went even beyond that and gave him himself and his resources and assured the innkeeper that he would take care of any financial bills that yeah. occurred while he was gone. That's yeah. there you see the connection. Yeah. Then came back love. and checked on him, right? Then he came he back. He came back and checked on him. He gave extra. He mm -hmm. was willing to give more resources. He wasn't looking for financial turn. He didn't send a bill to the guy that got taken care of and healed or anything like that. There's a there's a kind of a open-ended freedom to almsgiving where you're not expecting to be given back in return, but you're giving of yourself or your resources or your love to someone in in a way that is going to be beneficial to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it just, <clears throat> as we talk about these things, I'm thinking, these are just supposed to be the normal Christian life, aren't they? Prayer, eliminating the things that are the excess, that are become distractions for us, distractions in life, distractions from holiness and from our focus on the Lord. And then giving that of that same, um, that same love to our neighbor. <laughs> this is just supposed to be what every day, isn't it? <laughs> this, this yeah. But, but, it, but the uh, Lent is a, a time of a specialness or a, a, a diving more deeply into the waters and the waters of life. So it's, there's a depth to it. There's a deepening, a transformation, a growth. And we, we did in, in actually in the, the penitence, that's what penitence, penance is about. We're penitents. And so what happens is a penitent is a person who rejoices in the freedom of self-giving to God, mm. to themselves, and to others. Yeah, it's so it's, it's so nice that the church recognizes our, you know, our need to hit that reset button. <laughs> yeah. Right. And go, yeah. oh yeah, we're supposed to be doing this always. And how did we end up over here? And we're supposed to be over there. Okay. Another, here we are at Lent again. Right. Like yeah. let's, let's a little more intensity and depth. <laughs> right. Right. Back to the center. Right. Like back to, yeah. Back, back to, to that focus on the love, on love, you know, yeah. the love of the Lord and responding to that love and love 
Yeah. Yeah. So and, and there's plenty of opportunities. You can't you can't breathe the air of earth without running into daily opportunities to practice those features of uh springtime life giving grace filled love, you know. Mercy is mercy. It comes in many forms. You know, yeah. we we give and we give to God out of mercy our heart. We want our heart to be in his heart. We want our heart to receive the, the transforming love of his blood and outpouring of his divine life because ultimately we're going to find the real fulfillment of life in him in heaven amen which is at hand right it's at hand, at hand. the kingdom of heaven yeah. is at hand yeah yeah i'll just share this personal example says a lot of you know as we had talked about on you know uh you and I had both gone down to Ave Maria. We thought that was going to, um, where we were supposed to be. And then it turned out not to be. And so mm -hmm. I moved back up. We have been recently, while well, I've been trying to kind of regroup and figure out where to be. We've been staying with a friend up in South Bend, Indiana. And I was just like, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, to go home to back to coastal Georgia and I'm going to go to Jekyll island or St. Simon's Island, one of the islands back home. And that's what, you know, it wasn't like I just decided to leave the church or become a hedon, hedonistic or something. It just seemed, you know, like, okay, that's what I want to do. And that didn't work out. So let me go there. And, and, um, the Lord kind of, you know, kind of stopped me at one point through circumstances and had me go, wait, like, where do I need to be in order to become holy me personally where do i need to be to have the support and to have the the things built into my life particularly relationships and access to the to, to mass and to the eucharist for for prayer and adoration where do i need to be that do do i have that at the and down in south georgia do i have that there and the answer was no and it so it became very easy for me you know it was kind of like what are you doing <laughs> like where are you going so it's kind of that um, kind of that being refocused on, you know, if the big picture is holiness, which it is, that's for all of us, right? That's the, that's right. the call. Then that's like, the call. what are, what are the things that are distracting me from that call? Even if they're really, really good, like the ocean and barbecue and seafood and all of the things that, that are so much a part of my me on a cellular level, it feels like from having grown up there, like it is that competing for what I need, where I need to be in order to keep my life focused on holiness. And for me, the answer was yes, like it, it was. And so the, the big fasting that the Lord called me to was to remove that distraction so that I could focus, you know, in some ways like prayer, right? Like focusing in on that relationship with him. And so it became apparent to me the need to return to Steubenville. But I just put that example out because, um, because there wasn't anything bad about heading back to South Georgia and entertaining that, that idea and even moving in, in that direction. Now, of course I have, um, you know, a, a number of different reasons for, for moving back to Steubenville, but the overarching reason was where do I need to be in order to, to grow in holiness? And so I just offer that to, you know, to anybody listening, because we look at, you know, if, if 
if, and we are all called to holiness, then what competes with that? What is competing with that in my life? And where do I need to be in order to, um, to, to best pursue that fully and wholeheartedly, depending Mm -hmm. on our circum, you know, individual circumstances. So, which brings us to the notion of temptation, you know, what tempts what tempts us to go in directions, and that's why we always have to be in a discerning mode, with grace and with God's will, because the purpose of holiness is really to fulfill as deeply as we can. One of them is doing the will of God. So, a lot of times, because of our own proclivities and our own desires and the things we're looking for, we move too quickly to do things that are not bad, but they're nearly not the way the Lord's leading us. And that's why, you know, we have to learn how to travel the pace of love and discernment. And uh, and uh, we need to check ourselves and we need to look at the decisions and choices that we're making. And we need to be aware too, that there's, there's good angels and there's bad angels. And the good angels give us good thoughts many times. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But the bad angels give us temptations and thoughts and desires to move away from the Lord and from holiness. And that's where the whole work of grace comes in, in the discerning of what's coming from my own particular needs and desires that are centered on myself and or what is coming from Satan's subtle manipulations, usually through dece- deceit, de- depression, those types of things, and, and really then just move to what the real discernment is, Lord, what do you want? Where do you want me to go? How are you leading me? And And getting that sense of being in the Lord's will and being obedient to the movements of his grace. And then the fruitfulness is much more, more is a richer fruitfulness and moves us into his plan for our life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even these things that we're talking, that we've been talking about prayer, fasting and almsgiving, like they help with discernment, right? Because they, they remove those things that keep us kind of dissipated, you know, like there's just, you're kind of scattered, like even like internally that sense of, being scattered where you kind of can't focus. You're not even, you, you can't even, you can't think clearly. And it's not like you're even trying real hard because there's just so much coming at you and you're kind of surrounded by so much confusion and chaos and, and whatever, you know, just busyness and, and noise and that kind of mm-hmm. things. Noise that, that, that brings up a good one. I think uh, in a lot of ways for, for myself, what I've found is good fast is like, is, is quiet. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right, is <clears throat> but we're a society that has become addicted to noise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything's on. The television's on. The radio's on. The uh, iPhone is in my hand. There's, you know, noise and involvement. Relationships are important, but how do you structure relationships that is in union with the movements of grace and transformation? Mm-hmm. That takes some internal discipline and work. You know. Yeah, just as somebody who's I've lived by myself for for a number of years now and in doing so you know especially compared with staying with my friend now who's like been you know just enormously generous and it's been wonderful and it's been kind of like a big spend the night party for a couple of weeks here but but um 
but noticing like when I live by myself, I just walk around the, you know, I'd walk around my apartment just on a regular basis, like talking to the Lord. He was my roommate. You know what I mean? I mean, that was just kind of, that was the conversation and realizing the contrast, you know, so realizing the, um, the blessing of that silence, you know, and, and solitude, you know, there's relationships are an enormous gift enormous mm -hmm. gift give us you know kind of strength and support and and things that we're we're made for but but removing the um removing the noise you know is a beautiful thing because it naturally focuses us can serve to focus on focus yeah. us on the lord when I, when I was four years old the way to remove the noise was turn the radio off <laughs> no and now you've about to got about <laughs> 10 things that are going on. You, yeah. you know, so yes, you, do. I mean, there's, you know, and I just look at the television in these recent days and I look and what's going on. They're jumping and singing and yelling and yelling and jumping and jumping. Everything's jumpy, jumpy, jumpy. And I'm thinking, where's the quiet? Yeah, It makes your insides where's... jumpy too, doesn't it? Yeah. It makes your insides jumpy. Where, how are they ever going to be in contact with themselves, let alone yeah. contact with the Lord, unless they stop the noise yeah, right. <laughs> and stop the fake noises and all the fake joys that are so easily expressed in the media, you know, right, right. the media is good. I'm not, I'm not against the media. I'm just uh, saying some yeah. media is good. No? Oh, so you talk about sacrifice. Okay. Why can't we set the, <clears throat> the iPhone down for a while right. each day? Just for, don't turn it on until one o'clock or, you know, mm -hmm. or what, why can't, why do we have to have music playing all the time? Because mm -hmm. that's maybe a good thing, but that distracts our internal faculties from the connection mm -hmm. to an intimacy to the Lord Jesus and right. to his spirit. Amen. So hopefully for our, our listeners, anybody who's hearing this, Lent is a beautiful time. It's a time of new life. It's a time of, of death, but unto new life. And, and it's a time of like, I, yeah, I love what you were saying, Father David, not so much, you know, it's Thomas of Chilano who wrote about St. Francis. He said he didn't so much pray as he became a prayer. And that came to mind when you were talking about prayer oh, and saying yeah. that's mm -hmm. what, that's what we're called to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do as well. We can, have these statues of saints that we sit on a pedestal and we go, okay, like, wow, you did a great job of that, but we're called, <laughs> we're called to that as well. So, so Lent is beautiful. It's a time of, it's a time of new life. It's a time of being at one with the Lord as he was in the desert. Right. And yeah. So he himself yeah. had a Lent. He went into the desert before he began his ministry and uh, spent time in the desert with the father and tempted, tempted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we should expect temptation when we try to do some things. That's just the way we are. Our nature is, you know, control. Our nature is jump to things. And instead of just really, I always like to say, travel the pace of love. What is moving your heart and mind in love of self, in love of God, and love of neighbor? Mm -hmm. there is your compassionate connection. Yeah. You know, when you talk about love of self, like that's something I, th I know in the old writings, the way it was old, old um, theological writings that was written as though that was a bad thing, but that was, that was kind of a, 
an idiom, I guess it was used as like self-love and that, you know, pride and that kind of thing. But, but there's a healthy self-love. That's why it's love your neighbor as yourself. We're called to love ourselves. And I was, it just occurred to me fasting from being self-critical, that negative self-talk that might be like a fantastic fast for some of, yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Atone for the, for your sins against yourself and your own negative self-talk and, and, and constant beating yourself up. Right. So, well, thank you for talking with me about this today. I love Lynn. Yeah. It was, it's, it, it gets, it gets me ready more for embracing uh, <laughs> Wednesday, you know, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Here we go. Ready or not. Here it comes. Right? It's good to be with you. Yeah. It's good to be with you too. Uh-huh. And for our listeners who, if you want to connect to us, Father David and I do um, healing missions. I do workshops on human and spiritual integration. We both have books on Amazon, Father David's book, Evangelizing Catholic Culture. And my books are up there as well. So you can just Google our names, Father David Tickerhoof, T-O-R, and Margaret Vasquez. And um, shoot us an email or reach out by way of the website, sacredhearthealingministries.com. I'm once again doing on a a limited basis, some intensive trauma therapy or one week healing programs individualized to the needs of, of people. So be assured of our prayers. We do keep you in our prayers and thank you for listening. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.